Good morning, Vista family, and Merry Christmas. My name is Sydney, and I get to serve as the college and young adult pastor at the Vista. And I'm so excited that we get to worship together on Christmas morning, even though it does look a little bit different. We're all probably in our living rooms with our family, and you also are probably in your PJs, which is a big perk of getting to worship from home. Um, but I'm glad we get to worship together this morning. As I was thinking about preparing for this Christmas service and just thinking about Christmas and getting excited, I started to wonder, how old do you get before you stop getting giddy and excited on Christmas morning? And I don't have the right answer, but all I know is that I still enjoy every bit of it. Um, just thinking back on such fond memories of waking up in my home on Christmas morning, and then one of my siblings would typically wake us all up, and we would run downstairs and open our stockings and compare what was inside. And then typically our family would take some time to do a Christmas devotional where we would just slow down and do some worshiping together and read the Christmas story and remember why we're celebrating today. Um, and then it was time for presents, which all the kids who are watching know that this is a time you've been anticipating and you're so excited for. And I get it, I've, I've been there. Um, and I was just thinking about one of my favorite Christmases that I will never forget because I got a really, really special Christmas gift. And so I had been begging my parents for a puppy for a really long time, uh, for as long as I could remember. I had wanted a puppy, and they promised me that my little, once my little sister was out of diapers that we could get a puppy. And so I waited and waited, and then finally it was time. She was potty trained and out of diapers, and so my parents were ready, and then they told us the big news. They were having another baby. And I was rather disappointed because I, I knew that my dream of getting a puppy was going to be postponed again. So Christmas was right around the corner, and I had very little hope that I would be getting a puppy that Christmas. And so Christmas came, and we went to celebrate at my grandma's house that year. We opened all the presents under the tree, and I was right, there, there was no puppy. Until uh, a little bit later, my dad walked around the corner from the garage and he had a rather large box that he came and sat in front of me and he, he told me to open it. And so I, I took off the top and I looked inside and inside was the cutest golden retriever puppy that I had ever seen. And y'all better believe that little nine-year-old Sydney cried tears of joy that day. But this was the best gift that I can ever remember receiving. So I want you to think about what's the best gift that you've ever gotten? Um, and maybe what's a gift that you feel like you've waited a really, really long time for? Maybe it's a gift that you are hoping to get today or a gift that you know you're gonna continue to wait for for a while. So I want you to think about that. And as you do, we're gonna turn to Luke chapter two. We've been in Luke as a church family in this Advent season together, and we're gonna continue in the story of Luke. We're going to start in verse 21. And when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens a womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. 
And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, the child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed, and a sword will pierce even your own soul, to the end that thoughts may, of many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, serving night and day with fasting and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him, Jesus, to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. So the scene that is being set here is that Mary and Joseph know that they have to take Jesus, their firstborn son, to be dedicated in the temple. And Mary and Joseph knew they, they were continuing to practice these Jewish traditions. And part of that was that after um, you give birth, you had to wait this certain amount of time, this purification period, before you could go be in the temple, the place of God. And so what was happening here is they're realizing, okay, these 40 days are up for our purification, and now we can go to the temple and celebrate our son, Jesus, and dedicate him to the Lord. And so I think this is really cool because what I realized here as I was studying this is that um, even though Mary and Joseph know that Jesus is special, that he's the king, that God's promised Israel, he, they didn't get a special treatment. Like We know the story that Jesus and Mary didn't get a special room at the hospital. They, Mary gave birth to Jesus in a barn and put him in a manger. And then they also had to do all the normal laws and processes for bringing in a new baby boy into the world in their time. And I think it's really cool, and I love this picture of Mary and Joseph being faithful in the process. They weren't trying to skip any steps or microwave it or get special privileges, but they were being faithful to the customs of their people. So that's the scene we're entering into here. Mary and Joseph arrive into the temple with baby Jesus, and then we meet two different people in our story. And the first is Simeon. And Simeon is known for being a very faithful man. Um, he was pretty old in age, but he is known for being very devout to the Lord. And we're told that he received a promise from the Holy Spirit that he was not going to leave this earth. He was not going to experience death until he had met the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so we have no idea how long ago in his life he received this promise. So you can imagine, I mean, he could have been waiting for years upon years to get this gift that God had promised him through the Holy Spirit. 
And so all of a sudden, I mean, you can, you can even imagine the anticipation here. Like he was just in this Advent season waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And every year that passed, he was probably like, okay, God, I'm getting older. Uh, when, when's this going to happen? Is this going to still happen? But he was so faithful in the waiting. And then on one really random day, he had this urge in his spirit from the Holy Spirit that he was supposed to go to the temple that day. And he didn't know if maybe this, this was the day, but he had this urge, and so he was faithful, and he went. And then all of a sudden, when he walked into the temple, he sees Mary and Joseph, and he knows that that baby in their arms is the Messiah. And I think this is also really cool. He didn't have some special star like the wise man had to show the exact location of where Jesus was going to be. It was through the Holy Spirit opening his eyes to see that this was the Messiah. And so then he responds immediately by breaking out into prayer and celebration and thanks that he gets to receive this gift, this gift that he's been waiting for is finally here. And so he embraces the child and he takes the child, baby Jesus, into his arms. And he says that this is now, he's now able to rest in peace. And what peace really means is being whole in God. And so what Simeon is saying that because he's received this gift, he, his life is whole, his life is complete. There was no other experience on this earth, no other possession that he could have that would make him complete other than witnessing Jesus, the Messiah. And I think for us in the same way, we have to realize that there's no other experience, no accomplishment, no possession, no person that's going to complete us other than Jesus. And this is the best gift that we can ever receive. And so then Simeon continues to proclaim that his eyes have seen the salvation, that Jesus is God's plan to save all people. And the anticipation for Simeon is finally over. He's finally received that gift. And you can just imagine the pure joy and relief and completeness he felt in that moment. And then we get to meet Anna, who has also said that she's very old and she is very faithful. She's also called a prophet, which is someone who is able to deliver the message of God. Um, and she is also a widow who has been a widow for most of her life. And I think it's really cool that she is faithful despite her circumstances, so faithful that she spends night and day worshiping and fasting at the temple. And then she too, in that moment, realizes that this is Jesus. And she comes over and begins to celebrate the fact that she also gets to encounter this gift of meeting baby Jesus. And I think we can learn how to respond when we get a gift that we're really excited about. And the first is that we give thanks to the giver. Anna immediately, just like Simeon, turns to God and expresses extreme gratitude for getting to meet Jesus. And then second, we tell people about it. When you get a gift that you're really excited about, you're not going to keep it to yourself, right? You're going to go and post it on Instagram or text your friends, guess what I got for Christmas? And in the same way, Anna can't keep this gift to herself. She is so excited that she immediately goes out and goes and spreads the news that Jesus Christ is born. 
that he is the redemption that God's people has been waiting for. And so y'all, today, as we also get to celebrate the arrival of the best gift ever and remember the first coming of Jesus, we must acknowledge that God is the best gift giver. He's a better gift giver than Santa Claus or that really intentional family member that gives those really good gifts because he made a huge sacrifice so that we could have this gift. John 3.16 says that, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God's gift was inspired by love. It wasn't about a transaction because true gift giving is about a relationship. Often I think the gift giving that happens at Christmas becomes about obligations and accumulation and transactions instead of what gifts are meant to be. Theologian Norman Wisba talks about this concept of ceremonial gift giving and I think this is what the gift exchanges at Christmas really should, should be about. He says, Giving a gift was not simply about giving back or repaying a debt or exchanging property. It was instead an invitation to establish, continue, and honor a relationship with another who is understood to be a vital member of a shared life. And I love this way of thinking about gifts. They aren't a mindless task. They aren't uh, obligation or just to help someone gain more stuff. They're about honoring a relationship with someone that you truly care about. And you know the difference between that gift that you give to your brother-in-law just to say that you got him something versus the gift that you give to one of your own siblings that's really thought out and intentional. One's out of obligation and one's out of love. And I want to point out here that the gift of Jesus is out of the purest version of love. God gave the gift of Jesus to Mary and Joseph, to Simeon and Anna, and to me and you, because he wanted to show a relationship with us. Not because we could ever earn it, or because we could ever deserve it, but because as his children, he loves us more than we could ever imagine. And so as I close this morning, I just want to challenge you and your family as you continue to celebrate today and as you exchange gifts together to think about gifts being an act of honoring a relationship. And then remember that Jesus is the most important gift that we can ever receive. He is the only gift that is going to complete us, that's going to satisfy us, that's going to give us perfect peace. And when we think about receiving this gift, when we remember this amazing gift of love, I want to challenge us to spend some time this morning thanking the giver. We're about to have a time of response together, um, and we're going to sing another song with Jordan and his family. And I just want you to think about being so thankful for this gift that we've waited a long time for, and we're continuing to wait for together. And then as you're giving thanks, I also want you to remember not to keep this to yourself, but to share the joy of experiencing this gift with everyone around you. Let's pray. God, we're, we're so thankful um, 
to get to wake up this morning and get to celebrate such a special day with friends and family. God, I'm so thankful for the gift of Jesus. I'm so thankful that you love us so much and you desire to be in relationship with us, that you would send your only son to die for us. God, I pray that we would all celebrate well, that our joy would just um, overflow in all our conversations and today would be full of laughter and celebration and joy and that we would just feel peace. We would feel wholeness in receiving this gift and not try and find it anywhere else. God, we love you and we're so thankful for you and it's in your name. Amen. So as we continue to worship together this morning, I just again want to challenge you to respond, whether that's um, in standing and singing together as a family or sitting on your couch and praying. Um, but whatever you do, respond together. And we hope that you have a great rest of your Christmas.